BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, caviar dreamers. Hey, caviar dreamers. What's going on today? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Marge would like to turn on the light afterwards and all take some time to talk about her hair color that she feels may have a tinge. I don't know why. I just feel like am I using too much purple shampoo? What's I don't know what's going on, but I have a little bit of a feeling. I'm wearing a nice little weave today, so it's okay. But I just, I don't know. I'm just feeling muddy. Muddy? I need to be bright and shiny. That's a, that's a good goal for the day, to be bright and shiny. Yes. Well, we're going to be bright and shiny because we have on two fabulous men, Joey and Alan from Two Guys from Hollywood. Yes, the podcast. They have an amazing podcast. And they are, I'm going to be, I mean, they are, truthfully, they are, Hollywood royalty legacy because when you read that bio sounds like the life you could dream of you know grand grandparents that own nightclubs and restaurants and uh, you know parents that were actors and dancers and oh very exciting life yes and Joey Santo he has many clients though one of them being Brad Pitt yes. private personal chef to Brad Pitt What's wrong I'm not that? going to ask a lot of questions about that because Brad's very private but you know I think that's very very impressive Sorry, that was Brad Pitt just making sure we weren't talking about anything we weren't supposed to. Yes, yes. He's texting Lexi as we speak. And Alan, very big, amazing agent in the publishing world. Yes, big literary agent, huge, famous clients. Yes, he is um, exclusive to this podcast. We're going to find out. He has a big uh, book coming out in June with some major gossip in it. So we're excited about that. And they decided to do this Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I mean, there's a lot of famous men coming out of Hollywood, but these guys grew up in Hollywood. Yes. They've seen it from the inside. From the inside, they've had some amazing guests. We're going to shoot the shit. We're going to talk about some pop culture, some current events, their life, and some, you know, some great advice from their storied, fabulous careers as Two Guys from Hollywood. Let's get Joey and Alan on. (gasps) Joey and Alan! Hello. Oh. Caviar Dreamers, we're very excited to have. Very excited. It's to have so Joey nice to meet Alan. you guys. It's nice meeting you nice as well. You Tell everybody what your podcast is called because I want them to know you guys are best friends since you're young. Yes. Your own podcast and we're going to talk about all about your careers. But two guys from Hollywood, 
Yep, two guys from Hollywood. That's it. Two guys from Hollywood. They're not just two guys from Hollywood, but they have a podcast called Two Guys from Hollywood. And literally, I just zoomed from the studio. I just got in my Maserati and I got here in record time. I made it in 15 minutes. I didn't want you to rush. I didn't want you to rush. No, doesn't matter. From Culver City, it's just amazing that I got from Culver City to the Hollywood Hills in 15 minutes. Okay, so I just want everybody to know, I met Joey through Dolores, but you know, he's not just friends with the Marge and Dolores. He happens to be the chef too. Tell everybody. Uh, one of said. my clients, my main client is Brad Pitt, which I just left him right now to get Brad here. Brad Pitt. Just point like Brad Pitt, he eats very healthy. Does he eat very healthy? Yeah, he eats well. He eats well. and uh, But, you know, he's got a great metabolism and a great physique. <laughs> so he pretty much can eat what he wants to eat. And I keep him healthy and organic. But uh, we have cheat days. Okay, good. Cheat Ooh, days. That's good to and, know. And we cheat have a cheat. Cheat. Cheat, <laughs> cheat days. Cheat I'm all about a cheat day and a cheat day. That's it. <laughs> and then Alan. Yes. The most talented book agent, superstar. You've been agent to many people. Yeah, but one of them wasn't you. No, I know. And I don't know why that's the case. And I know my book went to Simon & Schuster, which is coming out in a few weeks. But you'll do my right. next book. You'll do my next book. To a book. publisher who I absolutely adore, Jen Bergstrom. Yeah, Jen Bergstrom's amazing. Yes. I hope you're going to love my book because then we'll do another book with Marge Sr., but, yeah. Well, I'll love it. As soon as you send me a signed copy, I'll love it more. Yes. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I haven't even seen the book totally done. I mean, I, the manuscript, I wrote it, but it's not printed yet. It's coming out April. Well, you haven't seen a finished book. I haven't seen a now finished I think book. We're on a two week countdown for that. Now. Yeah. Two week countdown. So as soon yeah, as Because your pub it, date is what, May or something? Uh, no, April 13th. That's oh, April my birthday. 13th. Oh, so it's a lucky oh, day for day. me. Yeah. And I'll be in New York. We'll celebrate together. Tell me how you guys decided that you wanted to do a podcast. Because I just want everyone to know, you guys are old friends since you're young. You were on the club yeah. seat together. Oh, right? you had, you that's had, a whole other episode. That's a whole other story. <laughs> no, I mean, which is great. You guys have been friends for years, for decades. Yeah. Um, your, your careers, you know, you're in Hollywood. You're around a lot of celebrities. Your careers went, you know, you're in publishing. You're, Joey, you're the most unbelievable chef different directions, your friendship has remained true. What made you guys want to do a podcast? Well, someone actually made that decision for us because I was at a radio convention with one of my clients in Dallas and the whole media company was there and we were all talking about something I remember and two of the girls there said, oh, you know, Alan should have done radio. And they all kind of stopped and stared at me. And the next thing I know, the agent that I share this client with had set up a studio here in LA. And he said, I really think you should go in and we'll try to do a podcast. And I said, oh no, I don't want to do a podcast. I have no interest in who would listen to that. And he said, no, no, I think you should go in. So I didn't want to do it by myself. And I thought, well, who would be fun? And of course, Joey was the first person that came to mind because I thought we'd be, <laughs> we would be funny together. And we went in and we sort of laid down these tracks and we sent it off to the agent. And I literally did not think another word or another thought about it. And I know Joey was telling people, oh, we're doing a podcast. And I said, shh, because if no one buys it, you're going to be really embarrassed. <laughs> <I'm a positive> <laughs> and, and literally like four or five weeks passed without a word. And suddenly I got a call from my friend and he said, I've sold your podcast to Dan Patrick and his new uh, Dan Patrick podcast network under iHeartRadio. 
And I said, that's nice, but I don't want to do anything for free. I'm not doing that. And he said, oh no, there's a bunch of money attached and here we are. I know, look, and there you sign the line. Well, no, well, so you guys have a different perspective. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so many different kinds of podcasts out there. What do you guys want to tell everybody? Because I think so many people want to start a podcast Mm -hmm. and you guys have a history together. And I think that's what's impressive. And I feel like a lot of people ask me, like, what do you want to do? I think you have a different perspective. I just want to talk about that because it hasn't yeah. been out there that long and it's taken off. Yeah, so we're only on our eight on our eighth week. On our eighth week, so yeah. Our eighth podcast. And we, our contract is quite large. I mean, we have to produce 50 shows within this year. And then we have, you know, a couple more years attached to that. So I mean, we have a lot of work to do. And I think, but the good thing about it is that. We approached it as we approach our daily life with, our, with the way that we live and work and the way that we entertain. And so our conversations don't have to be limited or they don't have to be geared. I mean, with our, with our title, Two Guys from Hollywood, it's just who we are. But that doesn't mean every conversation literally has to do with Hollywood or, or a celebrity or, or something. It just has to do with something of interest. And it could be in that moment of that day of that week or that person um, and it's really about joining a conversation, I think, more than interviewing people, you know, it's sort of like a subject. And Lord knows there's enough stuff going on in this world that we can have an opinion about. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and also, but, but an opinion that we can come away with going, well, I, I, I learned something, you know what I mean? Or I, I saw it a little differently, not, not judging it. And that's the, we're trying to get away from that in our world right now anyway about finding some commonality so we can heal from all of this madness. And if we can do it with a little bit of a sense of humor, a little bit of irony, and a little bit of, you know, kindness, I think we have a better shot. And maybe people would want to listen to that just so maybe they can emulate it some way. We, we love our most recent podcast is with Suzanne DePass. And so it's not us interviewing her other than, of course, we're asking her about her past and how she discovered the Jackson Five, et cetera. But it was really a conversation about Hollywood and, you know, and, and the complaints about Blacks not being portrayed or being portrayed in a certain way. So it was really interesting to have her on and let her discuss that subject mm-hmm. of what, how she felt about being a Black female producer and what and the first probably big black female producer in Hollywood. And yeah. it was interesting to hear her take because it's quite different than what you would think. And she wrote Lady Sings the Blues. I mean her 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 resume is unbelievable. The years of Motown with Diana, with their right under Barry Gordy and so many interesting stories. And the and the wonderful thing about her is that we have a personal relationship with her as well. But she and we're very respectful because like we say, we don't dish, we serve. And what we want to do is serve you in your best light. So if you want to dish and do all that stuff, we love that. But we're not here to do that, you know? And when we asked her, is there anything that you don't want to talk about or should be leased? And she said, absolutely not. She says, I'm completely open. And that just shows you, and that even gives you even more respect for that person. You know, so you don't go to that that lower place. You go right in the high place because that's where the person is coming from. You know? Although with you, we're going to want to hear all oh, about we want your all sex the life. <laughs> and with us, but, but 
interviewing you, so I have to hear about all your stuff. You guys no, got you. Your show's going to be a lot longer. It's going to be a long show. Oh, you're interviewing me all about my sex life? Well, it's always I'm in the morning. Now. I'm going to give you a heads up. Life? It's always in the morning because I don't like to be squeezed after dinner. No, never. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. I don't like to be, you know, I like to eat a lot, so I don't like to be squeezed after dinner. It's always on a full stomach, so we like to... I'm just going to say we'd like to have sex in the morning. That's a fact, right, Lexi? It's a fact. It's a fact. Yeah, it's don't a, show up to work too early. Yeah, don't show up to, you know, because all the girls, we work out of the house and, you know, I don't like, and no one can come in too early because, you know, we'd like to link and we And weekends are Not really- loudly. Yes, yeah, so, you know, weekends are really the best time. I like to stay in the bed late. Yeah, or if I, I have to get up and have coffee, we go back to bed. Yeah, that's the best, actually. Have get up, have breakfast, have coffee, then go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Brush your yeah. teeth. <laughs> yeah, brush your teeth. You're never too full. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have like exactly. a weird thing about them. Like, oh, my stomach. I feel bad. Uh, you know, I want to feel good. I want to feel light and airy and, you know, bouncy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the excuse used to be not tonight, honey. I have a headache. And now it's not tonight. I have a stuff. Not tonight. I'm bloated. I'm yeah, not tonight. I'm bloated. You know, or I, you know, my eyelashes are falling off, or but you know, my wig is half on. You know, I mean, the poor guy who he has to wake up with is a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even take That's it. That's not who we went to bed with. Yes, it's not who we went to bed. So now I'm going to ask you. So Joey, I know you're working on a new movie. I think we spoke about that eight weeks ago. How long are you going to be working on this new movie? This is my last week. We we wrap uh, Friday. So wow. So how many weeks is that? I started in November, so we got. It's pretty long. Then we uh, we had a little bit of a delay, you know, for like a two week period, but then we were back on track. So yeah, so it's been going pretty steady since, you know, since late November. So December, January, February. Yeah, we're in a good three months. You know, right. I mean, you know, everything has been so strange because of the epidemic and, you know, all the rules. I mean, they're very strict and they're very protective of, of everyone on set, which is great. You know, you have that so, uh, sense of confidence when you go to work. We're tested five times a week. Wow, wow that's, that's a, a lot. lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but a it lot. makes you feel, you know, it makes lot. you feel good. And, you know, and, and we follow all the protocol and stuff like that. So it's, it's a good, good feeling, even though we got vaccinated last month, even though, and still, I'm still being tested five times a week. So, you know, and, and I won't change anything. You know, I mean, I still wear my mask. I do all the right things. Like, you know, we ain't in Texas, honey. No, 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 no. Mother's very upset. came over to notify me last night. The ma no masks in Texas anymore. Statewide law. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, she came crazy. over to deliver the news. Yeah, that's what we're talking oh, about. Yeah, that's they, it. They, they passed the law. They, it's not the Texans. The, no, I love it's not the Texans. Texans but yeah, they passed the law. The governor took down the mandate. Yes. Well, I just find that so bizarre. Insane. Yeah, I mean, we're almost there. You know, yeah, we so just why? Yeah, just be a little more patient. Yeah, yeah but little, people aren't. People are impatient. People, it's all about them, and they don't really care. It's all about them. Well, I'd rather, you know, you be impatient than become a patient. Yes, Ooh, it, yes that's very good. Yeah, that is a good line. I mean, we got, I thought I was being so careful, and I really was. And the entire yeah. season of filming, we never got COVID. And then I was eating at an outdoor restaurant, freezing my ass up, and I got COVID. Oh, you did. I did hear about that. Yeah, Joe jo and I, my mother, who actually, you know, had it the least, shockingly, my Marlene, Lexi. Yeah. We were super, you know, it was yeah, like we went right through our down. family right before Christmas. So it was terrible. Wow. 
Yeah, I feel like you do not want to get this. I mean, some people no. can't have it that barely, but you don't want to get no. this shit. No. Well, no. I just discovered someone that uh, I was with uh, a few weeks ago, well, a few months ago, and they kept saying, oh, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a hoax. But I just discovered this morning that this person was sick for three weeks. <laughs> I know, good. <laughs> Not good, but I'm saying, was I the know, person- you feel bad, but- You feel like bad, but when someone who says bad. it's a hoax and gets it, then you- I don't feel bad. No, then you don't feel bad. They, 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 they went out and basically asked for it by saying it was a hoax and nobody dies from it. And, you know, 500,000 people haven't died in this country, that that's all politics. And I thought, oh, well, my, that's what happened to us listening to doctors? I was, suddenly, now we listen to senators that for 50 years, we know they lie to us. And now suddenly everybody thinks that they're the last word on everything. I, I, know. Just, I, just, got, I just got interviewed for a, uh, there's a new show called uh, It's a Sin. And it's on HBO. It's about the AIDS crisis during the 80s. Yes. So I was interviewed uh, for, a, for a side documentary about the show and about that time. Um, because we had, God, we had lost so many friends. So anything yeah. that you can relate this to in a sense. But at least we fought through that. And when we found out what we can do to protect ourselves, very few people resisted that we were like thank god we know what we can do to stay safe and you had a choice you know um i don't understand we have the same things now where you where you're saying if you do this if you do that and we're so close to a cure for this where aids is still not cured it might be manageable it's, it's some manageable degree, 40 years so if you're impatient for 12 months <laughs> and yeah. all you're asking to yeah. do is wear a mask because trust me when somebody asked me to wear a condom i wore two yeah. somebody yeah. asked me to wear I a like mask you're a double, ba double bag double exactly i'm a double <laughs> right and one would much rather wear a mask you know and I must, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, just to dispel any rumors i think it sucks having to wear a mask it's it, it's annoying me i have to smell i have to taste i have to cook I have to do all the things that require these senses. You know, I don't enjoy wearing a mask, but I do enjoy breathing and I enjoy being healthy. And if it just yes. means that that's what I, if I can do that to keep the people I love safe and I can keep myself safe, bring it on. I, I mean, agree. listen, I wear one on Halloween anyway. Yeah, it's true. You know what I don't understand? And I've said this, and when people argue with me, I'm just like, well, is the medical community wrong to the fact is, do you want your surgeon, like all my friends, when you're getting your plastic surgery, you know, not wearing a mask when you're laying on top? Why do all the doctors wear it in the operating room or the OR? I said, are they wrong all these years? Seriously. Everybody's been wearing a mask yeah. in surgery when, when you're having a procedure. So what if you Anybody don't believe who's... the masks, Anybody who's skeptical can go online and see like three different video reports showing what happens when you wear a mask and when you don't wear a mask, if you cough, when you breathe, when you sneeze, you can see how far the particles go with and without a mask. I know. Just, exactly. from, forget the po politicizing any of this stuff. The, re the reality is we don't get a cold. We're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're all the things that we're doing, all this protocol that's in place is helping us in a million other ways too. Not only preventing COVID, but from even just getting the flu or getting a cold or a lot of things because we're practicing the things to keep us safe and keep us healthy. So if we look at it in the positive and we do the things we have to do long-term to keep us in a good place, maybe that's how we have to look at it. Not like so-and-so says you have to wear a mask. So-and-so says, you know, 
You're a bad person if you do. You're a bad person if you don't. Let's just get rid of all that stuff. Let's just get healthy and get on with it. I agree. Yeah. Let's let's talk about something else. What are you both watching now? And what's what are your must sees now? Is anybody watching anything? Oh, I just you know what I love. I just finished watching uh, the second season of The Alienist. Oh, should I watch no, that? I haven't uh, watched The Alienist. I love. Well, you know, is do you remember the book by Caleb Carr was published? Oh, easily ten years. ago. Ago. It was a massive, massive hit. Yes, yes, I do and, know. And I always see it show up on my TV to watch as a recommendation. And I love it. You know, of course, Luke Evans is in it, and he's got, they have given him the most beautiful clothes for the time period. I mean, it looks like the time period clothes, but it's so beautiful. Every scene, he's got a new outfit or a new suit, and you can't go, but ooh, look at how beautiful that suit is. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm watching Alan versus Pharaoh, so I'm in my second episode. Oh, I must um, watch that. Everyone says it's great. The Mia Farrow. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. And, and it gets even more so now. It's, I'm in the second, and it's even starting to really unravel. And because at first, you're just sort of taking it in and not really having an opinion. And then you start to form a little bit more by the second episode. So I think there's four in total. So this second one has already got me curious now. So it's going to be interesting to see how it winds up. So is Ronan, is Ronan Farrow um, Frank Sinatra's son? No. Which one do they say is Frank Sinatra's son? Ronan, no? That's Ronan. the one they said, but no. Because he does look like him. But then if you really look at him, he, he definitely has uh, uh, Mia's genes. No, Mia's genes, but who else's? Right, but the father. Who's I the know, father? Who do we, the who father do we think is Woody Allen. Does so he have any Woody in him? Jeans. Does he have Woody's jeans at all, you think? I haven't seen his Woody, but from what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a little suspect. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, timeline, it, it, the timeline is completely. You'll have to read my new that, Sinatra but... book coming out in June. I will so definitely I read it. Best friend. And he claims definitely not possible because he knows where he and Frank were yeah, when she would have had the timeline pregnant. Right. Okay, so all right, listen, I, I'm with that. Up. I love it. So it's cleared yeah. up. That's good. And then also the Billy Holiday, the uh, United States versus Billy Holiday. That that's well, she really, won, really, right? She won really, the really Golden good. Globe. Yeah. You know what I'm watching? Uh, Lady and the Dale. Oh, I saw that. Did you, do you love it? I, I'm going through it now. You know, <laughs> I, I really, really liked it. And I think it was just, she had such a missed opportunity because of the timing and because of there was some crookedness in her. You know what I mean? Yes. But she was so smart and could have been all the things that she wanted to be, but that there was a crooked part of her that, that stopped it. It's so mesmerizing, the whole story. I, yeah. I am just so intrigued. Yeah. I love the fact that she was so loyal to the people that worked for her. Yes, and her children, her children. Her children her. to the wife <clears throat> who they maintain this amazing friendship throughout her entire life. So I thought that was quite interesting. And I, I found her captivating. I did too, uh, that's the whole thing. It's like, even though she broke the law and did all these things, I was still intrigued. Yeah, very. And, and really liked her. I couldn't yeah, help so it. Yeah, so did I. So did I. I. I could definitely do a shot of tequila with that one for sure. <laughs> yeah, great. It's a great story. So I love yeah, great to watch story. it. There's, there's a little something in a lot of, a lot of brilliant people that, that have, um, I mean, a lot of crooks that could be brilliant, but there's that one thing that screws them up. I mean, look at, um, 
uh, what was his name? The Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff. Yeah. What a brilliant career, what a brilliant life he could have had. But there's that one thing, that self-destruction in himself that he just could not get over, that he had to go after people and rob them and do, and, and to his own community is, you know what I mean? The, the, the worst, because he had some hatred right from when he was a kid that he just couldn't get past. Greed is a killer too. And yeah. then the ego on top of that. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, Oof. yeah. Yeah, the ego's a killer. Those two, that combination, there's no success there. Okay. It's just <laughs> biding time. Yes, it's the cocky, it's the cockiness. That's it. Yeah. The cockiness. Like those all. housewives, you know, once they start with the greed and the ego, forget it. Forget it. They're the worst. <laughs> the, greedy, the greed and the ego housewives. The well, ego. And they get them on the taxes too. You know, they make a hundred million dollars and they don't want to pay 30 of it to taxes. It's like, can you really tell the difference of $70 million and a hundred million dollars? But no, you, no. you can't, you have to eat at McDonald's once this week to make up the difference. I know. Well, I'm eating on McDonald's. I, I was on McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's is my, one of my favorite meals. When I, when I, when I need a, to feel I saw good, your I IG with the, with the burger and the. That was the from my, my book cover shoot. I mean, uh, I yeah, oh, that was, that was, yeah. Yes. There's yeah. nothing that I love more than a good McDonald's cheeseburger and French fries. <laughs> something about it just makes you feel like home. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just, you know, it eases all the pain of the day when you're feeling. <laughs> so what are some must reads right now, Alan? Oh, on the reading. Reads? Uh, oh, you've caught me off guard. You mean current things that are out or things that I have yeah, to mean? Yeah, whatever or current things that are out. What do you think that people, you know, have to read? What are some must-reads? Oh, it has come back. It's come back. Reading is back time. big time. I mean, all the publishers are reporting, you know, profits this year. Of course, the Sinatra book, I think, is going to be really, really interesting. I think so, too. And um, if you want a children's book that's, that's based on uh, some fact, I mean, the new Audrey Hepburn children's book is quite good. Do you it's work cool. with children's books, Alan? I don't on a normal basis, but because I've been with the with the uh, family of Audrey Hepburn for 25 years, when they decided they wanted to do a children's book, I did that book. Uh, there's a great book coming in the fall. Uh, it's an illustrated book. A lot of people would call it a coffee table book, but in publishing, we call them illustrated books. And it's all about the carpenters. Oh, oh yeah and by I the way who knew, carpenter. what a story Tragic. who knew that the carpenters sell as much music today as they, they ever did, did. yeah First of all, i believe i listen to as much carpenters today. we listened to the carpenters i was singing on the top of my lungs crying <laughs> it was mag it's magnificent yeah no, and the book is going to be beautiful with photos you've never seen and stories from richard carpenter that nobody's ever heard and he, you know, he's been very, very quiet throughout the years, but uh, he's decided he'd like to s sort of straighten up some of these facts that are out there that are, are not correct. And he's done some interviews and, uh, you know, but they're amazing. The more I got into it and, and learned about it, I, I was really shocked. But I'll have uh, that book. I yeah. will definitely be getting that book. Yeah, and their Christmas album is something like in its 28th year of bestsellers at Christmas time. I, I mean, it, it just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Sometimes I think something, I mean, now I feel like I'm sounding like someone's grandmother. The music nowadays, well, I just doesn't move me the way, you know, I listen to so much 70s and old disco, um, Yacht Rock and Barry, you know, <laughs> the yeah, Yacht yeah. Rock station. I don't know if I love everything that reminds me of the smell of copper tone and when I was growing up, 
Is it that, that it brings back memories? Did, has something changed? Am I nuts? Because Lexi's younger than me by more than 10 years. But I feel the same way because what, like, relationships, memories, moments were all captured in song for us through lyrics. Like right. singing Whitney Houston songs for the boy that broke my heart when I was 14. What are kids singing now? Like what are well, I mean, yes, you're back, even, gonna go back 20 years and go, we met, remember the music on the thing, slap your immediately back. And, but I mean, but now, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> if our, when, when our parents or grandparents and we listen to their stories when they, how they fell in love and what was playing then. Every time I hear a song, I say, oh, that was my parents' song. Yeah. Or that was the song my parents fell in love to, or the ones that my grandmother and you know, my grandmother's married five times. All the times she fell in Every love, time. all the songs. Here's the anthology my grandmother fell in love to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you now, you, if, what about kids now we're gonna go, or 20 years from now, when their parents, when they talk about their kids talk about their parents. Well, it's going to be like, baby got back, baby got back, big booty bitch, big booty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, well, we fell in love to that. They're going to ride on the dance floor at 65, at 70, shake twerking. I know. I, ex I know. I listen, Taylor Swift, though, has an amazing album out. Folklore, people love it. It's amazing. I feel like it's much deeper. It is retro. Yeah, she's, she's a, a singer-songwriter. Singer so yep. you can relate and to it. And that's the difference. And that's the we difference. And that's the difference. And we had great songwriters. And, and we still, and, and you know, I mean, Carole King and, oh. and, and amazing songwriters. And, and you know, Carol Bayer Sager, there's so many brilliant people that, but that's what we've lost. We've lost, we've stopped falling in love, you know, and we forgot how to do that. We forgot how to romance each other and how to sing, or even, even music itself has, has sort of disappointed itself. There's no melody. Everything is the same beat and everything is done in the studio. There are no musicians. Who plays Who plays a violin when you can just push a button? And it's sad also, because I think we got very reliant on video imagery to support music, where when I listen to a Carole King, like if I listen to the Tapestry album, the imagery oh. is all there in my head. Mm -hmm. The songs, I sing the songs to my kids when they're going to sleep. Like. Yep. Those are like beautiful songs that, that weave images. Now we just rely on all this visual stuff to tell a story and we lost the essence of but story. This, and the story is this long because there's only one, one piece of the story. It's, just, it's over and over. It's, it's like a parrot tune. Yeah. You know, Polly want a cracker? Polly want a cracker? How, how, how <laughs> are we gonna change. change this? How are we going to change this? It'll well, change. I think everything's I think it's cycles, just, I don't know. Yeah. This, this is a tough one. I thought that, I thought this would go away a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, this is a hasn't. tough one. Yeah, yeah, I, that's the whole thing. I just, I feel like that's, that's why I love, okay. CMAs or Grammys? Oh, uh, better? Grammys. Neither. <laughs> no, the country music awards still have store. They're still the songwriters yep. are still writing stories. Yeah. They're, they're that's telling like, stories. That's why that's I like this. And I like that kind of. I like that music for that reason because they tell you a story. And I love the irony of the story. It has a beginning, a middle, of an and an end. And when it's a, a real love story, it's a real love story. And when they're pissed off about something, it's hilarious and it's a real story. And there's no bullshit attached to it. Yes. But the beginning, a middle, and an end. And they still sing. I love yes. the CMAs only because the fashion is magnificent. They still bring the high glamour. 
They do. Well, I'll, 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 you I'll tell you where year? they don't. Did you see it last year, though, during the pandemic? No, I, I didn't see it. No, award shows for the pandemic is like a wash. It was really. Yes. Really oh, actually, I did do it. I did watch it because they were doing it from their own homes. Yes, I sat in my living room and they zoomed it in. No, they had people in the audience. They were all in separate booths. And... Oh, wh who, what were we zooming in that people were seeing? That was the uh, uh, Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. I don't know what the hell nonsense was oh. going on. I can't watch it. <laughs> well, you know what? If you love disco music, you should listen to our upcoming podcast. We're going to have Linda Clifford on. Tomorrow. Oh. We're actually going to talk about you know, music and how it's changed over the years. So it feeds right into this. I just love everything disco. I mean, I yeah. listen to Studio 54 on Sirius Radio. I could be dancing around the house. Everything about disco. I'm just- Yeah, it was brilliant. In this I mean, it was just a fun time and, and that's all we did. I mean, I told you when I saw your picture from uh, when you were out in Paris and I said to you, my God, we would have been out every night. Yes, we, we would have been out, out every night. And that was limelight actually. Uh -huh. you know, I was at the limelight, and those were the days. I was a little young for Studio 54. Yeah, we caught the second round. We didn't get the first The second round, round, I was limelight, palladium, rock, yeah. you know, that thing. Roxy, yeah. You know, the, the thing that's very disappointing, too, and that has completely gone south, is the Met Gala. That's yeah. a yes. yes. How so that devastating. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's we need a resurgence. Well, it is just... after a pandemic. Yeah, the Roaring Twenties. Uh. Coming. Really, you don't like all those crazy dresses? No, because it's not what it's it's not how it started. I mean, Diana Vreeland would be rolling mm -hmm. in her grave. Now that's a great documentary, the Diana Vreeland documentary. Oh, she's amazing. She was oh. amazing. I knew I her granddaughter quite well, actually. But there's a book worth reading, DV. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, yes, I mean, I could sit on the sofa watch documentaries all day. So, yeah. Joey, I mean, we're going all over. It's like the ADD of uh, interviews. <laughs> I like that. I do too. What is your okay, back to us? You're right. Back to us. Back to back to you guys. So sorry. What is your favorite meal? If it was your last meal, not that it will be, but I'm just saying. What would you eat if it was your last meal? Crow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're you know, so it's funny, funny how it's become this thing with me that it's really not about. It's I, I take myself out of the equation completely. Um, when it comes to cooking for myself, because I'm so simple. It's for me, it's so easy. I'd rather throw something on the grill. Uh, I, it's all, always vegetables are big on my, my plate for myself. So grilled vegetables are my favorite or roasted vegetables. I'll probably if I'm gonna, yeah, I, I don't have, yeah, I'm not a favorite person. I don't have that in my thing. If you've asked me a favorite song, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you what's my favorite in the moment. In the really moment, let's do in the moment. moment. But to plan a favorite something. Okay, tell me in the moment what's your favorite thing to eat. It would it would have to be something. I love paella. You know, mm -hmm. something with fresh seafood, something that's got that flavor and that. You know, I love that. I love um, I love a great steak. You know, like really good fillet that's just seared and charred. You know, I, like I said, I I really love the barbecue. I like a lot of southern cooking. I love that because it's, uh, it comes from a real place. It comes from a place of uh, comfort and tradition and history. So, and I love to cook Southern food, you know, and then it's the kind of food that you can actually cook where you really invite people that love to eat. 
Just so you don't have to deal with, well, I'm a vegan or I don't do butter, I don't do salt. And, you know, well, you also don't do my dinner party because that <laughs> night. That night, yeah, you can invite us, but we're the have. Yes, if, if, to answer the question in a roundabout way, I would do, my last meal would be everything I'm not supposed to have. Because exactly. it wouldn't matter the next no, day because I'm dead. Yeah. Exactly. Alan, what do you, what is your meal of the moment now? Uh, well, you know what? I, um, I'm a shellfish guy. I love crab and lobster and oysters. Mm. Clams. I love all yeah. that stuff, but I especially love my new thing is, you know, I love those baked crab rolls that you get, you know, at sushi places and things. I love that. Mm. It's kind of soft and melts in your mouth. And Oh, I like that. Yeah, so I love that, and I, I and I liked a lot of the I like a lot of the baked sushi rolls. There's people don't usually think of them, but but there's three or four good ones where they actually bake them, and they're fantastic. I like that. A baked so that would be my thing. That's very good. Okay, now I'm going to ask Alan. So, because you work with so many authors, and I mean, I know you work with more established people. What advice could you give somebody who's looking to write a book? Like you know, a lot of people use ghostwriters. What's like the first step? Make sure you can write. <laughs> or just get a ghostwriter. Or get a ghostwriter. If you can't write, you're going to have to swallow your ego and get someone to help you. But I think, uh, and by the way, I have a lot of people who are, you know, that are, that have never been published before as clients and we help them get published. But, uh, you know, first you have to have a story to tell, if you, yeah, especially if you want to write fiction, you know, there, there mm -hmm. needs to be a great story. And there's always, you know, I always look for that hook you know, girl on the train, all those things. They have those great hooks where you have to know what's happening. Yes. And, you know, but if you're writing fiction, you have to write it yourself. It's really hard unless, you know, you're Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton who hooks up with a big, you know, fiction writer to write fiction. But, you know, if you want to write fiction, you have to be able to write. That's, that's number one. If you're writing nonfiction, you don't necessarily have to be able to write. You can have somebody help you. Or a lot of times, you know, you're doing a lot of research and you're getting it down on paper. But you know, the, the easiest thing to do is to get a proposal together. You know, you know, here's what my book's about. Here's other books that are like it. Here's, you know, three sample chapters. Uh, here's my platform and why I think this book would sell. It's sort of like all the obvious things you might think of. How do I sell a book? And if you put them all in the, in the um, presentation, then at least you're ready to go out to people and uh, agents or publishers who can then help you maybe clean it up or, you know, get it a little bit nicer, but it's, it's not that complicated, but you can't go into it thinking, oh, I'll write a book so I can be rich and famous. You know, it's the wrong reason to go into acting. It's or the wrong anything. reason to go into music. It's the wrong reason to go into a lot of things. You have to go into it, especially writing. It's a very lonely business. You're sitting at home, you know, at your computer. So you have to love it and you have to really want to do it. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I I'm on my life. fifth year. I, I have my own column for um, Eden Magazine. I write for them. It's called The Way I See It. And I, I'm, I think I've written about 100 articles now. It comes out every month. And it's always, and it's interesting because I, I always know when, it, when the publisher lets me know when, it, you know, I know when it's due, when it has to be in. And I don't even start thinking about what I want to talk about until that date that I know I have five days to turn it in. And then I completely close off. I go into a cocoon and I'm out of, and in an hour I've written I said what I want to say, and I and I've written the article. But the, but it is that place you just have to shut down everything, and go deep inside, think and listen to yourself, and then express yourself, you know, in whatever story you're going to tell or whatever opinion or thought you might have, to make it into something. And that's just an article. So 
you can imagine what it takes to write a book or a, oh, you know, believe me, we, or, we we live we lived it i did it during the season and poor lisa who works with me and lexi who's there i mean had to sleep over literally for three weeks you know because after i got back from the ghostwriter like i was saying it's just like that was the basis but that wasn't the story it was the skeleton it was yeah. the skeleton and to get really give it my own voice and and put the secret sauce and everything that needed to go into it and really sound like me you know, was 20, you know, every night till two in the morning, it's crying, having a breakdown. It's hard to remember breakdown. all the stories because you start and then more come to you and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. God, you got to get it all in. Yeah, it was so therapeutic. Yeah, yeah I was have, just going to say You have to be that. involved. You have to yeah. be involved and want to be involved. I can't tell you how many people come to me and they say, okay, I've hired a ghostwriter and they're going to write this for me and they're going to write that. They've had nothing to do with it. They haven't even read their own book before it's published because they, they just do it for money. And... And it's just not a good way to go into a book. You know, if you're going to do it, get involved, have something to say, at least read through your book. I mean, I, I've actually seen authors that couldn't talk about their book very well when they're being interviewed about it because they never really read it. Oh, that's, I mean, that's terrible. That's I literally annoying. read my book at least 20 times, did the audio, you know, well, most relived people it. Are that way. Back to the podcast a second. Talk about some of the guests you've had because mm -hmm. I want everyone to know that you guys have had such. Amazing. Besides you know, me and Dolores, had such amazing guests. You were our premiere. You were yeah. our very first guest. Our debut. Our, our debut. debut. Yeah. So just name some of the, like the guests you have. We're really happy with the guests because they're really broad guests. and but you know they're they're across the board and we've had obviously we had you and Dolores and then David had, David Yontef, which was really fun. <laughs> He's um, fun. Little right. David we had, a, we had a fun dishy afternoon with him. He we, dished, we didn't. He dished, we served. He dished, we served. <laughs> I love you it. had Susan pass, right? You had we had Phil Rosenthal on. You know, he was the creator of Everybody uh, Loves, Loves Raymond. Raymond. And now he's got that hit show on Netflix, Somebody Feed Phil. And he was a lot of fun. That's amazing. Yeah, and then we've had on... Hector uh, Boreas. Hector Boreas, who's a DEA agent. From Narcos. And they've oh, done the Amazon four-part documentary is based on him, as is Narcos Mexico. He's a very interesting guy, a real tough guy. I mean, he's as charming as could be, but he'll shoot you in the back of the head. Yeah, cut your oh, finger wow. off. Janice Dickinson, we had a blast. Yes, with her. your friends with Janice, that's great. And she's happily yeah, married. We've been spending 20 fun. years, so uh, that was fun catching up. And we only scratched the surface because... We, you know, we don't want to scare people away right in the beginning. She'll be back. <laughs> and we'll tell yeah, she'll we'll be back. Our, our, our R-rated version on the next, yes. next go-around. Suzanne DePass is coming up. That's very exciting, Suzanne DePass. I can't wait to hear that one. She's great. She's I love great. her to death. Yeah. Uh, we had Janine Shepard on who's... That's this week. If you go listen now or last week, depending. Her story is amazing. This is a woman who is training for the Olympics in Australia as a cross-country skier. And while out on her bicycle during training, she got hit by a truck and it snapped her spine. And Quadriplegic. They, they said she would never walk again. And one day she sort of looked up and saw a plane and she said, you know, if I can't walk, I'll fly. And she became, not only did she, be, did she learn to fly, she became an aerobatic flying instructor. And a commercial wow. pilot. So amazing, this woman. She's positive, positive, positive. Nothing stops her. She taught her herself down, to walk again. To walk again. They said she'd never have children. She had three. Oh, wow. I really, that's it's a, an amazing that's story. Who's your dream guest? Oh. Well, it was funny. We There's had so dinner. Many. We had dinner with Joan Collins the other night. 
and she was asking us about the podcast. She hasn't, she, and so she was, we were tempting her to come on, you know, so we were teasing her a little bit. So that could be a surprise guest. That, that, that may happen because she's that leaning to that. that would be phenomenal. Yeah. And she's so interesting. Know, there's and so many dream just so guests. many dream guests. Yeah. We have a I lot. Think, I mean, we love, but, there's a lot of people I would love to interview. Yeah. From politicians yeah. to, I mean, there's so I many. Just, and like, it goes back to what we were talking about with music and with books. Someone that's got an interesting story and a, and a way to um, express it. You know, I like a storyteller. Even if it's about you, it's about your day, your, your, your emotions, your relationships, whatever it's about. As long as it's coming from a real place, then I think that, that would be an ideal guest. If somebody would sit there and we have to prod it, a nightmare guest. That is yeah, a nightmare guest. Or some, yeah, someone who's so shallow, I can't stomach those. Yeah, people. I mean, if I want a bird bath, I'll go in the front, you know, I'll go outside. <laughs> I agree. I think we're very lucky. Everyone we've had has been very open, very deep, very free. Well, it's reflective. Me. You guys are that way too. You can't, how could you be with two beautiful women that have something to say and mean? And then just sit there and not be affected by it. I know. No, it's, I know. It's we're, but we're lucky that you guys came on. We we ask everybody who comes on here. I always say my success, and Lexi, you know, I think she's on board with this. Yeah. My success is fifty percent delusion, fifty percent determination. She's totally said, delusional. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, ever since I'm a little girl, you believe my own hype right from the beginning. Um, what what percentages are you guys? Yeah, uh, oh. I'm definitely. Um, 75% ambition. Uh-huh. That I definitely have. I, I, I wake up every day with that in mind to go after whatever. There is no I can't with me. Yes. And then a good 25% is my humility because I am very humble for everything that I accomplish and, and what's around me. So I'm aware of those things. So I say that's how my that's that how my balance. So what about you, Emily? Well, I think my delusional quotient is pretty low. I mean, even when we started this podcast, everybody's like, well, why would you be two guys from Hollywood? You know, there's so many bigger names in Hollywood. We kept saying, no, it's not about being a big name in Hollywood. It just so happens that Joey and I happen to be two guys working and living. And we, you know, came from sort of Hollywood. We grew up here in essence. Yes. And uh, so it was never about that. So my, my delusion is very low. I sort of know where I am in pecking order. <laughs> and <laughs> I, would, I would say, you know, I, the same thing. It's my am ambition and I do the same thing. You know, I jump up in the morning and I can't wait to get to my iPad and look at my emails and see what's going on. And, you know, I enjoy what I do. So, mm -hmm. and that's what I would encourage anybody to, you know, do what you love first. You'll figure out how to make money out of it later. Yeah. I agree. I and is there any, you know, I always say um, there's a lot of big girl and big boy panty moments in life. Which, what was your big girl or big, you know, you guys are big boys, your big panty <laughs> moments when you were just like, holy shit, this is my sink or swim moment. Yeah, I, I've had a few. I mean, I've had, I've had some personal tragedies that I've had to put my pants on for, real big boy pants for. And I lost my mother when she was young. You know, she was 50. And uh, we and were out, my mother was the most beautiful, amazing, glamorous woman you'd ever know. And you would adore her personality, everything had going for her. And uh, we were out uh, on a New Year's Eve, out with, of all people, uh, the Khashoggi's, Adnan Khashoggi and his daughter. We were at a big party in Beverly Hills and she didn't feel well. And it was that next day and she put my hand on her and I felt the bump. 
And she said, and I said, oh my God, we, we got to, how long have you known this? She says for a while, she was afraid and she just kept it to herself. She wasn't that kind of a person that would draw attention that way or, you know, and um, she died six months later. Oh, and it was the, the hardest time of my life, but the best in the sense that I had to, everything that was important made sense. And every, and, and all my, everything shifted in my life, you know, but into, into the best way. And then here's just an interesting thing, not to take this to a whole other level, but she and my father had been married for 25 years, were divorced for 10. And when he found out that she was going through this thing, he immediately had her move into his house. He took care of all, every single thing, all the doctors, all the personal trainers and chefs and everything that she could need or want and brought the whole family together. We all moved back home, my brother and myself, my best friend, Philip, who you met. Yes. We all moved into my father's guest house. Uh, and uh, we determined to find the miracle. And the miracle we found was not not that she made it through, but the miracle we found is that we made it through. Yes, yeah. and that you were all and, so close. And, and the beauty of that is he and she fell in love all over again. Oh, that's Aww. so sweet. I love that so, story. So that whole thing became a, that circle closed itself. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. and that's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that yeah. story. Yeah. Well, those were the big boy pants for me. That you was want me to follow that story. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, sorry. Oh, you, I'll tell a story. You can put mine first when you edit. You can put mine first. Then <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're similar. You find, you know, when when uh, Mary Lazar died and Irving Lazar died, and I had to move. <laughs> You know, I had mortgages and things to pay, and now suddenly I had to move to a new company. I was one of the partners. It was three of us. You know, you have to start making money and paying your own bills and paying other people's salaries. And, you know, it's a very panicky moment. And it was, you know, tough. And for about a year, it was really tough uh, because, you know, your income was scattered. And, and you, even though in publishing, you may be working and, you know, those, the monies don't come in all in the front. And so, uh, you know, I had to get it together and stand on my own and pull together my own business and pay rents and, you know, medical and all the things you have to pay for employees. It's, it's a little scary. I know. It's, I get it. I get it. Listen, I'm always waiting for my business, this one to pay that. To, I get it. I, get, I know it is scary. The juggle is real, not just the struggle. Uh, especially if you have a mortgage and you're thinking, oh my God, you know, if I can't pay the mortgage, you know, do I have to sell the house? Do I, you start panicking about things. And I, you know, I was lucky and it pulled together. And I also had a partner at the time, a business partner who was making more money than I was or the third partner was. So on a few of those weeks where we thought, are we gonna get a salary, you know, a paycheck this week? He, he contributed so that we could make our bills. And then, you know, we paid him back later, of course. But, you know, without that, I don't know, may not have made it. Well, you know, you look at people that are, you know, approaching their eighties and this and that, and you go, Who's got that much money to live that well at 90 or 100? They say, I want to live to 100. It's like, who's got that much money to live to 100 these days, especially living the way that we live? Yes. Yeah. Next year. Please. <laughs> 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 
I'm not the, I was raised that way. I was very fortunate growing up. I didn't need for anything. But my taste has always been that same way. But then my father was taking care of it. And my mother was saying, now I have to take care of it. <laughs> it's so true. Alan still, you know, I just bought a Maserati for myself last, uh, for Christmas. I said, you know what, why not? I can afford it. I just don't know for how much longer. <laughs> <laughs> how many weeks. <laughs> I get it. You know what, though? But it is true. This pandemic, we had to same thing. You have to live in the moment. Yeah, life is for living. Life is for living. And it's life is short, right? And you have to enjoy yeah. every minute. Who thought we were going to go through this? I just want to thank you guys so much. Joey and Alan, thank you. you guys from Hollywood. This was so fun. I so appreciate thank you coming. Thank you oh, so much. I'll just tell everyone where they could find you. Yes. Also. Two guys from Hollywood. Two guys from Hollywood.com. Uh, two guys from Hollywood at two guys from Hollywood <laughs> for, the, for, for Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Two guys from Hollywood on Facebook. Facebook. But it's easy just to go to Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you listen to your podcasts and look up two guys from Hollywood. So professional. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, my two guys from Hollywood. Bye. Talk to you Thank soon. You. I love you. you. See you soon. That was amazing. They are so hysterical. And listen, they don't sweat the small stuff. And they've had interesting lives. Very interesting lives. They have interesting guests on their podcasts. Thank I love you. to interview other people who have podcasts and hear their point of view. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting how people get into podcasting, why they get into podcasting. And I think I do enjoy mm. listening to podcasts where there's genuine friendship between the co-hosts. Like me and you. Like us. Like us. That have a history together. They have 30 years of friendship. I know. And by the way, I've eaten Joey's meals. They're fabulous. Alan has the great Frank Sinatra book coming out. The yes. story about Frank Sinatra. No, and written it, by Frank Sinatra's best friend. friend. Best friend. Yes. It is interesting because a book written by your best friend, that's an interesting perspective. It's true. Because, you know, we're a little delusional. I also realized while we're having that conversation, I don't think I'm delusional and determined. I think I'm 75% optimism, 25% grit. I think that's very good. Okay, so not delusion. I mean, I don't know. Is delusion yeah. eternal optimism? I don't know. Yes, it is. It is for sure. But I think optimism and grit might be a good way for me to think about it. Hey, great. You know what I am? 100% fucking tired. So caviar <laughs> dreamers. I love you. I'm tired. Oh. Keep dreaming, caviar dreamers. Don't snooze on this podcast, though. You can find us every week on a Wednesday at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Anyway, you might hear a podcast. You can find me at The Real Marbert Josephs. Me at The Life of Mrs. B. And just at Caviar Dreams, Turn a Fish Budget, ever. And pre-order your copy of the book. Yes, pre-order, because there's so much you don't know about me. Just saying. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Bye. <laughs>